Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Season 6, Episode 22. And you're going to have to do that for your career too, right? You're going to have to put a little sweat equity into it. So I encourage everyone to, to reach out, right, to whoever, wherever it is that you want to go, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, law enforcement, fire department, military. Seek out those people that are going to have the ability to uh, say yes to your career. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Eric McMahon. Today, we're joined by Matt Krause, the Health and Human Performance Manager with Pasco County Sheriff's Department in Florida. Matt was the 2018 NSCA Professional Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year after a 20-year MLB career, going back with the Pirates, the Reds, and the Yankees. Uh, now he's in the public safety sector. Matt, welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, chatting you with the next uh, hour. Yeah, so you've been on the podcast before. We were talking a lot about baseball. We'll get into that a little bit here, but I wanted you to kick this thing off with kind of this new chapter, working in a sheriff's department. Tell us about your role. So, yeah, like I'm the health and uh, human performance uh, advisor manager here, um, it, which is a very unique position in the state of Florida. Uh, maybe there's one or two others, and it, it might be the only one, to be honest. Uh, not a lot of uh, comps in this position. Most of these positions are contract where you can see I actually work for the actually for the for the sheriff's office, uh, which is good. And for a few different things is because, um, say, being dual certified athletic trainer and a strength and conditioning coach, I can play on both sides of the fence as far as from the health perspective. I do a lot with HR and, and building programs and understanding um, what my overall capabilities are, because you have to, you know, they tell me, you know, where my limitations are and things I can and can't do. That's one thing you have to understand when you're building out a program. And then from the performance side, I'm able to get in with all the specialty units from, from SWAT to SRT to from out from the academy to, to build a program up and even work with the everyday patrol deputy um, to making sure that there's programs in, in place for all aspects of that. And, and, that, and that it all makes sense, right, from, from the assessment to the implementation. And um, so I'm fortunate to be in this position, really. I mean, I feel like... Uh, Obviously, we're not pioneering this because people have been in law enforcement before, but but here in this kind of role is very unique. So how'd you make the jump? You worked in sport for a lot of years. You were an athletic trainer. You're a certified athletic trainer, but the bulk of your career in baseball was as a strength and conditioning coach. Now right. you're working in law enforcement. What was the uh, transition like? Uh, the timing, Eric, <laughs> after 20 something <laughs> years and, you know, five years at the college level, 25 years in the profession, moving, what, six, seven, eight, nine times, um, you know, sometimes there was a move, you know, there at, at one point a long time ago, right, just from Bradenton to Sarasota, wasn't even a big move, right, going from the Pirates to the Reds, whatever, uh, family, I think you get, you get to a certain point, uh, but I was trying to find something that, where I can stay at home, you know, finally for the, for the first time in my career. And uh, so there's no, I don't want to say there's no travel, right? Um, but but I'm home Monday through Friday, and I'm, I'm able to do things with my family. And I'm doing all the things I've always done for the last 25 years, and I'm able to to do it in this environment and and kind of bring the sports model, and that's kind of what we'll, we'll chat about as we as we get into this, to to law enforcement. Listen, we know a high performance program or or 
a strength and conditioning program or some type of performance program that incorporates a little bit of the medical side of it, a little bit of the performance side of it together works because, you know, Amazon does it in the warehouse. Walmart does it in the warehouse. The transition from the sports model to the, say, the private sector. Um, you see all these performance centers popping up too, where they have, you know, a lot of range of motion stuff or soft tissue work as long also with the, uh, the performance piece. It, it works. And the fact that it's taken so long to trickle down from the, you know, say from the military to the fire department now really here in law enforcement, um, these, these people need it. Um, so one, one thing, a lot of similarities, say from baseball to, to the, you know, to law enforcement side is they're 12 hour shifts, right? You were there for 12 hours a day. Yeah. Right. These people, you know, they're, they're, they're moving around. There's a lot of, you know, hurry up and wait, a lot of, a lot of downtime and then, and then full speed again. And uh, you know, this this. Except instead of doing it from 18 to, you know, maybe 40, right? We got people going from 18 to 60. So there's a lot of, you know, ranges in there for people to say, you know, in their performance, keeping their bodies prepared, right? Readiness. Um, just like you would prepare people for a game, you have to prepare people for their shift, teach people how to recover from a shift, teach people how to eat, um, do a lot of education, more than I have from, say, classroom-wise. Um, but it's fun. I'm getting to know more people in my community and I'm, and I'm home and I'm doing it, but I've learned the value of having a weekend off. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I get that. That's, it's really exciting. I think when at different chapters in our career, we can latch on to excitement in a new area. You know, I, yeah. I think back to showing up on the line on game day and professional baseball, uh, that's a lot different than what I do today. And I think you can speak to that as well as, it's a different grind. It's a different work environment, but we have a passion for human performance, for strength and conditioning, and we can bring that to a lot of different areas. Uh, you do some work still with the professional baseball strength and conditioning coaches society. You're the administrative director. You've had a long history with that group, obviously. Uh, tell us about that role. Well, that role's kind of evolved, and 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 the PBSCCS in of itself has evolved over you know the last since since nineteen ninety six, right? Started out with a you know less than thirty guys. Not every team had a, had a major league strength coach, and I think what we've done through the PBSCCS and 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 major league baseball allowing us to kind of grow that out is we we created a lot of jobs, a lot of job creation in, into the field of baseball. So now you have a major league strength coach, actually have a performance director now. A major league strength coach, a major league assistant, a minor league coordinator, a minor league coordinator. We, I mean, you have a Latin American coordinator, you have a rehab coordinator, you have a triple A, double A, high A, low A. Now you have the draft league or, or, or the short season person. You know, I know the, the traditional short season role is kind of gone now. They have this, this, this new version of, of say baseball, but um, uh, no, it's a lot of that hadn't existed, and we've created that. You know, all of us have 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 done our part over the last 20 years to, to make this evolve into what it is. And then from my perspective now, as the administrative director, I'm no longer on the board, right? I, I've held the vice president and presidency for X amount of years. I'm a support system, just like, you know, at any point in time, we have, we have a great board now and really good leadership on the Brandon McDaniel with the Dodgers. And so my job is to help with the education piece at the winter meetings. We also roll out two to three different webinars a year. You, you help out actually with one of them. And uh, with our relationship with the NSCA and our job is to, you know, because it's a tight schedule. You've, you've worked in baseball. I've worked in baseball. Some of these guys have a tough time getting the CEUs necessary throughout the year. You know, you know, it's 
we started that job. It was a nine month job. Then it was a 10 month job. Then it was 11 month job. And now it's a 12 month <laughs> job. So our job is to find affordable, continue education because we want the best people working in professional baseball, right? We want people that continue their education so that you're providing care, whether you do want to law enforcement providing care or doing it with players, right? We love to do the continuing education uh, and we do it in an affordable way. And we, and we do it now under the umbrella of, of the centristic approach, right? Where we have the strength coach, the dietitian, sports scientist, or some analysts. We have regular uh, pitching and hitting coaches that actually come in the athletic trainers, the PTs and chiropractors. I don't leave them out massage therapists. And I think the PBS CCS has done a really good job under that umbrella to find a way for all of us to kind of continue our education together and, and learn how to work together. So that's, yeah, that's so part of my thing is to, to bring, bring, bring that together every year at the winter meetings or on the webinars. Like our next webinar will be with the dietitians and the strength coaches. We'll probably sneak one chiropractor in there because we, we want representation of all of us. And then the next one we'll probably do together is with a sports science piece, right? That's, that's new way where the industry is moving, the way we evaluate. We still have always done assessments. We've always thought of ourselves as, as sports scientists, but now it's, it's, it's a little more official and we've done more with the being the ability to use the data and crunch the data and not just use, you know, collect 10 things and use one. Now we collect 10, 10 things and use 10 things. Right. So in, in program design and, and recovery. So I think we've just, come a long way. So the PBS CCS needs to make sure that everyone's getting a seat at the table and that we're all, you know, bettering the game at the same pace instead of, you know, it, it, it trickling, you know, you know, from, from, from different genres is how we're going to help the player. I like that mentality. And I think about it because at the NSCA, we have relationships with the PBS CCS, the MBSCA with, with basketball PFSCCA for football and SCAF uh, for the NHL. And so these relationships, sometimes they're a little bit different, but the real value of these organizations is to support and advocate for one, the coaches, the professionals in the yeah. sport to have more fruitful, more, um, more impactful careers in this profession, uh, but also to educate and share that we have a lot of knowledge in these disciplines. You know, I think of, I played college football and I think the mentality from college football to the professional level, the level of expertise and just the level of specialty that I've experienced in this role. And I can speak to it from baseball as well. Like you said, there's so many different people in the clubhouse now. There's so many different specialties. And uh, it's actually pretty unique that the PBS CCS has really opened its arms beyond just strength coaches to all these different areas. But it really does speak to what we're talking about around sports science, uh, collaborative models of performance, integrative models, however we want to say it. Uh, I think it really is positive. Um you know, what would you say for people that don't know these organizations, why should they look up the PBS CCS or one of these other uh, groups if that's a sport they're interested in? Well, it gives you a chance to kind of, you know, look at it through their lens, right? So 
we're still a strength and conditioning coach at BBS ECS, but we work alongside. And I think there's an overlap between five and say 15% of all these different areas from the sports science piece to the sports medicine piece to the, you know, um, from the recovery and nutrition, they all overlap and everyone has their specialty, but you have to look at it from the lens of a strength coach and how am I going to work with a dietitian? Hey, sometimes we're, we're, we're showing you the lens where we bring in a front office person. How do you take that data and, and make your point to the front office of this is what the needs are here. Here, it might be a correction. They might've had a thought process. Hey, this, this guy might be a, you know, a corner outfielder or something like that, or, and it winds up being a first baseman or a third baseman or whatever. Like you got to go in there with data and, and, be able to, to prove some of those things. So we just want you to look from the lens from, from a strength initiative coach in baseball, but we're jumping on the webinar and, and the dietitian is going to talk about their role and you're about your role. So like, you know, say like the next time we're going to talk about say injury prevention and let them talk about their piece. You talk about your piece. And then there is, there's always going to be some overlap and how are you guys communicating? And, you know, it all comes down to the communication piece. So it's just like, so if you want to look at it from the baseball side, you'd be part of, you know, uh, PBS CCS, if you're looking from, from a hockey perspective, you know, how their strength coaches communicate with, with their whole staff. No, you just need to know how many people are even on the staff, right? So maybe, you know, maybe football has a few more people or a few less people, you know, sometimes in, in, in baseball, maybe the, the therapist is on the medical staff and in football the therapist might be in the weight room, right? Like, I, I don't know. So each staff is a little differently. Um, but, but when it all comes down to the end, it's, how, how is that group of people providing care to the player or to the deputy or to whoever? And, um, you know, and, and are we on the same page so that, you know, this person's not saying this and that person's not saying that, you know, getting everyone on the same page and, and getting the result is getting either someone back to a hundred percent or getting a hundred percent of their potential, right. As, as a performance person. Obvious value to the athlete when we can come together and collaborate and share and pool our knowledge and be a little stronger than we are individually. But from a professional development standpoint, if you want to work in professional baseball, PBS CCS yeah. is a great organization to get connected with, whether it be the job board or uh, any of the education resources that get put out. And uh, we support that from the NSCA. That's a partnership we value. And uh, that's holds true for all the professional sports. And we want to make sure you have access to those organizations. Right. Cause not, of this, not everyone wants to get into professional baseball, but as a, as a high school baseball coach or a college baseball coach, how about being an interested parent, right. To, you know, you might not, you know, you want to do some drills in the yard, but let's do them the right way. Like why don't you come and learn from people that know how to implement the drill, but know how to break it down so that you know how to, interpret it and then give it to your son or daughter. Right. I mean, so, you know, I think we are a resource. PBS CCS is a resource from an interested parent to a youth coach, to a high school coach, to a, you know, a college coach and, and other professional coaches. So I think we hit that um, the whole gamut of how we want to, you know, put the impression onto that long-term development and do things the right way, you know, from, from the youth age all the way, you know, to the big leagues. Awesome. No, I love that. So I want to shift gears a little bit and we'll go back to public safety a little bit, but building a program, this is something you've done really at every phase of your career from your time with the Reds. I remember you. At UCF. Oh, Which there you go. Big 12, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just remember when I met you. Yeah. So, but building a program, I remember with the Reds, you were presenting on, you built a hill. A hill and right. you presented on a program you built around speed development using a hill. 
in your time with the Yankees, multiple facilities went up during that time, including Latin America. I think of the logistical challenges of building a weight room and getting equipment to the Dominican Republic and different parts of the world, how much of a challenge that must have been, uh, and then growing your staff. Uh, but you're doing that now at the yep, sheriff's doing, department. I'm taking that same playbook and, and, and we're doing it here. Talk and about not that. Not a contracting position. We're doing it from inside the agency, right? We're looking, talking about county dollars. So for anyone that wants to start a program, you kind of have to know what your boundaries are. That's why one of the first things to do is, you know, go to your leadership, find out, you know, you're a support staff. So what, what do they want? <laughs> you know, and then, then you have to go to the HR side of it or the legal side of it and find out, you know, what are you allowed to do? There are certain, every place you go, there's certain terminology, like on, on the, professional baseball side there's a there's actually a players association right there's there's, there's the world of legalness that's in and around these things as you build them out um right but listen the facilities are going to dictate some of the things you're going to do right some of the equipment that you have um in areas you can run in you know in law enforcement they don't we don't have fields and and or turf or this and that like some of them we're, we're building those things out so we're, we're using you know, a parking lot or, or out on the firing range where it's kind of level. We don't want people to, to roll their ankles when we start doing some of our, our movement and performance and our conditioning or agilities. And on the inside, we have to create facilities. Um, so now it's not dealing it from team perspective. I'm dealing it from the county perspective where it's a whole county. I have to have something in District 1, District 2, District 3. Like we, we cover 300 square miles, right? So no deputy is going to go from you know, like I'll say from Dade City to Newport Ritchie, right? So we got to have facilities and then the consistency of the facility from place to place. If, so if we're going to do a program, you know, I, I got four facilities and they have, you know, we pretty much got leadership on board to, to get the facilities to where they kind of mirror each other, you know, plus or minus one or two things. But for the most part, the consistency of the program that's being put out there, uh, just like you would in professional baseball, we do, we have relationships through, our health plan that allow us to go to certain gyms, like, you know, 24 hour fitness or whatever it is, going there and making sure we have access to things for our, in our deputies in certain areas. Um, I would say just like, just, just like players, you know, some things are for convenience. So I'm not going to have a deputy go all over the place. Right. Um, so that's going to be close because after a 12 hour shift, I'm not driving an hour to go work out. Right. It's going to be within reason. And then, um, you know, so you're lo looking at the facilities and then, how do you want to build it out over over time? So I've I've started originally with um I got I got with Lee Burton over at FMS. We wanted to implement an assessment. Uh so for everyone to when they come through the academy now, they'll do their normal FDLE assessment, um, which you know, the physical fitness, and then they'll they'll do a, a an FMS screen. Uh, and then we can help build programs just off of the mobility and, and, and range of motion and strength. Some people here have never worked out. Right. So that's the program, just the corrective exercise menus that are on their posters. And there are people here that actually have been lifting since, you know, they played high school sports and now they're a deputy and they've been working out for a long time. So they're trying to find out where where everybody's out. But the, the starting point is for this agency is we have the in-body five, the 570 and you do an FMS screen. And from there, we have one some one on one consultations. We can do some things in groups. Um for anyone starting a program, right? Like, you know, just when you do your interview, you're going to talk to the GM here. I talked to the, to the leadership. Uh, so we had all the majors and captains come in and do all the assessments up first, get everybody on board, you know, get them to approve it. And then from there onto them, you know, they, they run the agency from there. We, we 
started to build it out. You know, we got the SWAT team on board. There's an SRT team on board. We got things out of the academy. We have a competition team here called Roundup that they compete internationally. Um, getting them on board. And then little by little through word of mouth by doing it, you know, they're they're telling, hey, this is going well, this is going well. So you get some some good marketing internally. Um, I would do every two weeks, I would get on, we have, they're called aid postings and, and say law enforcement, I get on, do a two minute video or less to talk about getting assessed, coming in, coming see me, letting them know where the gyms are. You have to kind of market your program. You know, with the Yankees, we had the, one of the most amount of players and it was like, what, 375? I don't know what, what Texas have. Yeah, 300, about 300, 280, 300. I'm dealing with 1,100 to 1,400 people by myself, right? So how are you going to do those things? How are you going to connect with them? Well, everybody's got to watch the eight postings. They have read-offs and different things. You have to do the work. You have to go out there. They're not just going to show up, and not everybody wants to work out. And not everybody's you know ready to do those things. Um, and then through evolution, like in baseball, we we you know probably in 19 you know 2000. A guy that's about to retire within two years, that's, is that your main focus? No, you, you're working with everyone, but you're working from the lowest levels and over time it evolved, right? So spend some time in the academy. We have a thing after the academy here where we put all every new member, right? New member orientation, it's called NM, NMT. And they'll uh, they'll go through an eight-week strength conditioning program with me. And then when they move to FTO, we give them like, like say, workout cards and a program that they have to do on the honor system. Learn how to do it on the honor system. Like you need to go out and implement it um so we got buy-in from leadership so now all new employees over the last year have gone through the academy what we want learning basic body weight squat lunges step-ups pull-ups push-ups all the things you do there but you know let's just say we do them in the matt kraus way right your flavor to it and then then we'll, we add the weight training piece to it we add the conditioning piece to it um and then so it's way more structured it used to be they just have a random thing go out there and we're just going to flip tires for an hour or whatever it is. I'm not against that. I just would rather see some structure. All right. You mentioned getting leadership on board, different parts of your department on board. I'm thinking of a young coach, maybe getting a first head coaching opportunity going in and having to advocate for a need or want within their department. What's your steps of, going into a group and, and trying to sell what your, what your vision is, you know, how do you get a group on board to take your program forward? Well, you have to kind of be uh, like a, a passive, but relentless to some degree. You always be willing to throw it out there. <laughs> like, you know, you so you get into these meetings and you talk about some new things you want to implement. Um, so even let, let's just go back to say the hill piece. Not everybody wanted to do that in the beginning, right? But we want to talk about posterior chain, right? Talk about say aging athletes where it's a little bit safer for them. We want to talk about functional movement and strength training. Um, how many times do you have to go out there and set up all the all the cones and the ladders and blah, 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 all the so there's there's no setup. The hill the hill's already out there. You know you build it correctly. There's going to be the the, the hill is the resistance. Um, it allows you from a ground strike perspective, you know, on, on foot strike to be in the second coach where both me and the hill are both looking at the, at the player, right. From the ground up and from the side view and from the front view, uh, are they able to get into the right shapes and angles that, that you want where we're incorporating, you know, good range of motion at the ankle, right. Movement at the hip. Um, and then you're using the hill as, as the resistance. So we're, we're getting better at it. So I can, I can work say with the athlete to, to get into those so proper positions. 
Um, you could use it from even from from a jog to a sprint. Either way, you're you're incorporating whole posterior chain. So whether however you go up it, whether you want to walk or sprint it, right? We're we're getting some of the things we want out of it. Um, sometimes you know I don't want to call that the dummy approach to it, but you don't have to think about it. It's just that's happening, right? And um, so you know you're getting the the benefit of it. And then there's enough good research out there. If you look at some hill running and it set up between, you know, they say between six and 12 degrees. I'm, the, the three hills that I've built have all been around nine, right? Somewhere in the middle. So there's not a lot of stress to the Achilles. Also some, so you can do your plyos on there. You can do all your form running on there. We've done base running on there. Here, we're going to do shooting drills on, from there, from for shooting stances and different things. Um, you can also do overspeed running the other way. Uh, so do you have a tool that you, so to me, implementing that and talking to them in the beginning, oh, you know, no one's done that in baseball. Okay, well, here, do we not run the bases? Do we not need functional movement? Do we not need reactive drills? Do we not need um, some strengthening on the posterior chain? Do you not need to work on some core strength? Do you not, yeah, we need to do all those things. Okay, so, you know, they're listening and they're listening and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden budgetary things come up and now all of a sudden there's a budget meeting, right? So the ideas have been, you're peppering them with the ideas. You know, you don't have to, you know, like I said, passively aggressive, just talk about it once in a while. You throw an article in there. You do you do the things to keep it on the front of their brain because they haven't said yes yet, but they haven't said no yet. And then and then, and then there's going to come a time, whether it's August and in, in law enforcement, it's here in, in end of January, February. There's going to be a budget meeting, right? Well, be prepared. Know these things are coming. All right, what's it going to cost? Because sometimes people think when they look at something, like, oh, that's going to be like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And also you're like, no, it's $31,000. Oh, Okay, well, it's not a crazy number, right? You know, depending on if you build it from scratch and put a retaining wall in, it could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you're just going to do it with the hill and some grass and a little bit of clay, well, then, you know, you have to kind of have, don't come in with any idea without the solution and, and all the different aspects of where they're going to come back with the questions, right? Dollar figure, how does it benefit us? How long is it going to take for us to see some benefits, right? The things that are going to go into that. And and just you got to be prepared and you got to be relentless. And then eventually, you know, sometimes I just submit, you know what I'm saying? And then you also got to catch people on a good day. You know, and you know, when your boss walks in, he's pissed off. Don't be asking for nothing. You know, you wait till there's like two good days in a row and he's smiling and, and he's on your side for that day. And some good things happen. And, you know, timing is everything. <laughs> and, you know, so some people just, you know, you got to have a feel for that meeting too. You go in there and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's in a bad mood. And this person just asked for like, you know, $2 million and you're like, they're pissed off of that hold tight you know and then wait till there's a better moment to to do it so you know there's some feel to it no like right? what i'm saying is be prepared and and be passionate about what you're trying to implement and 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 then follow through you know be there so when so when, when that hill gets built or if that new wearing gets that new piece of equipment you need to use it you need to implement it don't make it that thing that's in the back of, you know, Eric's room over there, the bike, and then it never gets used. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just kidding. But just, <laughs> you, you, you got you to gotta use the piece of equipment or whatever it is that you're wanting to implement. Put it in the program, collect the data, right? So that first year we did it with the Reds, we wound up, they collected some kind of stat. Like we went first to third on ground balls through the infield more than like, you know, 50 more times than anyone else in the big leagues. And we actually scored more runs than any of the other team in the big leagues that year. So running the bases accounts – Quality base running accounts for additional runs, right? How do you win a game? Runs. So, you know, there was a program. We implemented it. There was benefit to it. We you got to win some ball games. We got to make some deputies safer, right? It's all about safety, right? And baseball is about scoring runs or preventing runs. 
you know, so the things that you're, you're, when you're asking for it, you know, know, know what you're talking about. If you go in there and say, oh, it's just for the greater good, no one cares about that. Nobody cares about that. Are we preventing runs? Are we scoring runs? Are we making the FED safer? And are they getting better job performance? You know, can you correlate it to that? And then put a, put a dollar number to it. When you think about that time frame, you shared that at the winter meetings, your presentation on creating a hill. Uh, although you already had it, you'd already been had that in motion, but then you started sharing it. You talked about it at the NSCA conference that year. I remember with Texas at that time, we considered, you know, what would it take to get a hill or how are we looking at our conditioning program? So other organizations started looking at what you were doing from there, uh, just because you were putting it out there. And you started to see products in the exhibit hall, even that were related to uh, incline running and hill sprints and different things. So this was a very relevant topic at the time. And, uh, yeah. and, and you were a part of that. And one thing I, I want to ask, you've been very involved with the NSCA. And I think it's something that from being on the coaching task force around awards to presenting, you know, what's the value you see as a professional? What's the NSCA given you? Well, I can say that in 2008, nine or 10 in there, when um, they had that performance committee, we helped start the RSCC. Like that was floated into that, to that group of one. We, we went, we were running from the sports specific conference back to the coaches conference, right? We wanted to put a label and a name on that. So I, I think I, just so for, for reference here, I kind of got involved with the NSCA probably around 08, right? And then, well, when you want to meet people too. And then sometimes you're in scenarios and then I got the opportunity, you know, as a young strength coach, you know, I only had a few couple of years in the big leagues, whatever at the time. And, and then I was fortunate enough, Boyd, Boyd grabbed me, you know, he threw me into a committee, you know, vol voluntary forcefulness, right? You know, yeah, we call that was, voluntold. You were voluntold. Well, I was voluntold, you yeah. know, um, Public speaking was not was not my forte. Putting together slides is not my forte. It's still not, but you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You got to get up there. It's okay to be evaluated by your peers. I don't like people who just try to crush you, but if they can do it in a constructive way, I don't mind getting up there and and taking some of the bullets, but also some praise with it, um, because that's the only way for you to get better is to get evaluated by your peers, you know, in some way, you know, in in helping you. And uh, so no, just kind of stepped out of my comfort zone, started to help. And then, um, which in turn, you know, I met a lot more vendors. I wound up, so from that perspective, you know, going to the NSCA, I wound up um, helping build out the trade show that we have with, with the PBS ECS. So like, let me tell you something, most strength coaches are more than a strength coach. You could do multiple things. So what I've learned over, over my time is that, you know, I can administratively run a trade show or an event or put on some education, you know, from, from doing some of those things with the NSCA and people like yourself helping me, you know, putting together zoom events and webinars. So, um, but listen, I love being a strength coach. So we wound up one of the strength initiating coach to, to come back to the coaches conference. Right. And instead of being sports specific, I don't know, just, just, just going there and speaking. I think that that's the benefit of it is, is just getting to meet some people. I don't know. Uh, and then getting evaluated, putting yourself out there, creating an expectation and then trying to go after it. You know, um, you know, I think everybody who's passionate wants to be good. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. Right. At the end of the day, you so it forces you to to read the actual article, open a book or buy something new, you know, like to, to where you want to look at it. You want to be progressive. Um, 
But I think in that way, the NSCA and Virginia has always been unbelievable to all the people that have ever spoken and and, and been helpful uh, in those respects. And, and, and you guys have been open to, uh, to anyone that's ever participated. The NSCA has done a good job of taking care of them back. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, you give my, my t- you give your time and all of a sudden, you know, that, you know, that's no favors, but I'm saying we all help each other. I like that thought process of in, investing your time with the NSCA because you're going to get yeah. more in return through networking, through uh, professional right. connections, through education and knowledge. Uh, I I think about, and I always encourage young coaches, and I think our careers really can speak to this. Not every coach, your career is not going to end when you become a head strength coach. It goes right. much further than that. You continue to grow. You continue to progress. There's director roles. There's sports science roles. There's different things you can do. So it's it's not just getting the job, which I think as young coaches, we think about a lot, but it's progressing to where you can confidently, like you said, negotiate uh, financial things with your department, being able to present your knowledge to, or your program to a group of people, a a group of peers and get feedback on it. That's really where it takes you. That's really where this, this path takes you. And I, I think it's something that, you know, I heard this once that the person who learns the most at a conference is the presenter is the speaker because they're putting so much in and you hope that the people listening are, are taking, nuggets and knowledge away from what you're saying, but you're so invested in that session. You're so invested in the follow-up conversation and the Q and a, and you're just so engaged in the event as a speaker that it, it really does give back to you. And so I encourage people, if you never once thought that you were a public speaker, but you go out there with your teams and you're leading dynamic warmup, or you're teaching a class, well, guess what? You are a public speaker. You are public speaking every day. You might be coaching your kid's basketball team or whatever it is. There's going to be a time you're in front of people and you have to be able to string a few words together and thoughts and ideas. And, and I think that's a great path for coaches to aspire to because you're going to check a lot of positive career boxes along the way by doing that. Well, just, just by going, you you get well-rounded as a strength coach. Listen, it's not just the X's and O's in the weight room. Listen, there is the business of baseball and it's got to coincide with the programming of baseball just like there's a business of being in law enforcement and then there's the care of the deputies and and so if you don't know how to do any of the administrative stuff you don't know how to you don't know how to budget and you don't know how to you know understand some of the the, the guidelines of say the industry between the players association and all those different things that that go into that you know you so when you go to the nsca and then all of a sudden there's going to be a topic what's going to talk about you know like you know, the administrative side of some things like you guys do a well-rounded so you get to see different stuff and perspective. Okay. Well, right. You know, it's, and, or have you ever put together all the manuals or your website or your stuff and how you're going to connect and and communicate with players in the in season, during the season, postseason, you know, blah, 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 all the things that go out to that. And then being able to speak to the front office, you have to be able to do all those things. If you do want to move up, do you just want to be the training coach and work in the weight room? That's okay too. Right. But if you're, if you're going to move up, there's one more layer of, communication to another whole group that you're going to have to deal with. And then you're going to have to do some administrative stuff. 
And you're going to have to staff some people. So you have to mean you have to learn how to interview people. And you have to, have, might have to learn how to fire somebody, right? You have to remove people too. Um, that's, uh, you know, listen, it's because it's a business. Um, and you have to evaluate how you want to build out your staff and, and what's on that. Um, so you, as you move up, you're going to be just more than just a program design person, which is important, totally important. That That's job one. Remember that that's your first job, but uh, at the end of the day, you got to be able to do, do all those other things and then be available and know that you're uh, going to work more than the hours that, that, that they expect from you. <laughs> Believe it. So you've always been a huge advocate for young coaches getting into the field, aspiring coaches, a mentor, trying to help people advance in their careers. Uh, you've presented on this at the NSCA. What advice do you have for young coaches who maybe want to be in the big leagues one day or are pursuing public safety careers? Listen, you got you got to get involved. You have, you you have to take the first step and 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 reach out to wherever it is that you want to go. Just just like stepping into this, you know, I, I I wasn't sure about it, but you know, I wanted to find some local, and I I called all the different, you know places and this was in a 15 mile range of my house right um and and created a position that didn't exist right so it's, you have to reach out you know introduce yourself be okay with introducing yourself be prepared have a resume not 13 pages but a one or two page or in the beginning to to kind of get your foot in the door uh be and, and listen i know we live in the world of paid internships but there are free internships i just created one here i have an intern that's in the way right now that they're, they're not getting paid or they're finishing out their schooling um, you're going to do some things that are going to be your investment of your time and not, not, not the value of the money piece. Uh, cause if you learn how to do a good job, the money will be there. I've been on that spectrum of where I've, I've made a decent living in this, in this field. Um, but it wasn't because I was trying to make a lot of money. It was because I, I wanted to provide a quality product or a program and, and do the best I possibly could. So you, you, you have to do the work. This is a participatory event, just like weightlifting and running is a participatory event. You got to get people to do the work, right? It's not just reading about it. You got to get your butt in there and and, and sweat a little bit and, and do all those things. And you're going to have to do that for your career too, right? You're going to have to put a little sweat equity into it. Um, so I encourage everyone to to reach out, right? To whoever, wherever it is that you want to go, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, law enforcement, fire department, military, uh, seek out those people that are going to have the ability to uh, say yes to your career and then go do a good job and, and be available. Don't ask. And then all of a sudden, eh, I'm not sure if I want to do it. Don't, don't waste people's time when you're ready to do it. Call. I love that. That's good advice, Matt. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I think there's uh, it's impressive. You've been able to build so many programs in so many different areas. And I think that was really the theme that we, touched on today is is advocating for your program whatever that program is wherever it is uh you may have never thought you were going to work at a sheriff's department when you got started in the big leagues and i think that's proof that we don't always know where our career's taken us but if we stick yeah. to our values and our principles as strength and conditioning coaches there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to continue to make that light um but matt thanks for being with us man this was fun no, that's awesome. I, I appreciate you for, for, for reaching out anytime. So what's the best way anyone listening in, if they want to reach out or connect with you? Uh, from the baseball side, the info at PBS CCS for, for the baseball side, because uh, that'll give you opportunity to look 
Or you can go on, you know, baseballstrength.org, which is the website, and look this on the job posting side of it. You know, it's on the, the events tab, whatever. And and look on there and we'll, there'll be some job posting. Listen, part of that is the time of year. Spring training started. So a lot of the job postings are end of July, August, September-ish, if you want to get into baseball. So time, timing's part of it. No one's taking your call right now with a week to go before spring training. We know everyone out there, you know, wants to get into baseball, but that's it. And then, and then from the, from from this perspective, you know, we we post things on on our website here at the Pasco Sheriff's Office, but also, uh, uh, and that'll that'll we have a, a system the way they do it here, so it goes through HR. I don't hire anyone direct, um, but yeah, you get on our website, go to where there's interns, and look under human performance, and then you'd be able to get in touch with me. There you go. It's nice to see that in this emerging area of the field. Uh, law enforcement strength and conditioning that there are internship opportunities i don't remember that being an an opportunity early in my career so it's really ex- exciting to see that um no, it's been but, fun yeah we're gonna build this out just like we did in baseball all right we'll put your info in the show notes thank you to everyone for tuning in today and also to sorenx exercise equipment we appreciate their support Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Tim Sokomel, the chair of the NSCA Sports Science and Performance Technology Special Interest Group, and you just heard an episode of the NSCA Coaching Podcast. This show brings about excellent discussion right to the core of the NSCA's mission to bridge the gap between scientific research and application. If you want to learn more about the many advancements in the areas relevant to today's practitioners, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Also join the discussion in the NSCA Sports Science and Performance Technology SIG on Facebook. Go to NSCA.com for more information. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.